0: Hey friends of Bang Up State, this is LP with a quick intro to today's episode with Ryan Richardson. This is season two, episode seven, could also be titled reminiscing. Instead, I'm calling it Rye Rye Bourbon, catching up. Uh, in the band Bang Up State, we affectionately refer to Ryan Richardson as Rye Rye, and he happened to be sipping on bourbon today as he caught up on season two of cheap flights so there you go rye rye bourbon we're going to make this a mini series Um, ryan has a lot of history with this group of uh, musicians primarily of course around the project leader dogs for the blind and the one and only debut album lemonade Um, so we talk about that quite a bit in this episode we're going to chat more frequently, and have kind of a mini-series um, called Rye Rye Bourbon, and looking forward to many more conversations with Ryan. In addition, he's going to, um, when he has availability, join our uh, regular conversations with both Jeff and Derek. I can only imagine the first couple of episodes are going to be a fair amount of chaos and a lot of laughter, um, but... Ryan fits right in. He is passionate about music and creativity. He is uh, incredibly talented, uh, has a wealth of experience, is a great friend, and a great conversationalist, as you will see from this episode. So enjoy. Mr. Ryan Richardson. And how are you? (laughs) I'm doing much better now. Oh, I me hear too. your
1: voice. Me too. feels like feels like home again.
0: It feels like home again. <laughs> that is absolutely true. So I'm with Mr. Ryan Richardson here on this uh, lovely gray su- Sunday evening, March 29th.
1: March 29th.
0: Is this, 2020. Is
1: this, is this the extra day we get? No, that was last month.
0: That was last month. Oh, yeah.
1: Sorry. Yeah. In Canada, it's different.
0: <laughs> well then today is the extra day you get
1: we do get an extra day we still get 30 <laughs> we still get 30 and 31 but 29 is the extra
0: you, i gotta love it i
1: don't know how it works
0: we fall, so we both
1: fall back i don't know
0: we fall back fall forward you guys you guys do that right you have the daylight savings and all that right
1: still at least at least this year
0: <laughs> so <laughs> everything's
1: on hold right now i don't know
0: you know yeah, no kidding Everything is, it's daylight savings and everything savings right now with uh, the spread of the pandemic.
1: Pretty much, pretty much. Absolutely.
0: So, so remind me where you're calling from.
1: I am calling from Windsor, Ontario, Canada. Uh, All right. Fine border city uh, bordering on Detroit, which is excellent. Which is, you know, part of the heart of our connection was, you know, the motor city and the ability to freely cross the border uh, 25 plus years ago.
0: Isn't that amazing? 25 years. Unbelievable. And yeah. I think you and I chatted for a bit last year as well.
1: We did. Yeah. 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 We didn't, we didn't record it though.
0: We did not record that conversation. I would love to go back and listen to it now, but uh, that's why we're doing it just way this time.
1: <laughs> this is the way to do it for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It was about a year ago. We kind of caught up on where we we're at and what was going on and how life was going and how, how the family was, doing, all that fun stuff all that fun stuff and yep. so we we'll, and
0: and you're we'll, the kind of,
1: you're the you're the kind of person that I can not talk to for several and I don't like it this way but we can not talk for years and catch up immediately like we just get yeah. we get back on track almost immediately and that's the way it's always been. Uh,
0: completely agree cuz I think we had gone maybe 3 4 or 5 years when I moved back to Illinois. Yeah. Um you came to visit and then it's, it, it's we probably only talked maybe every Four or five years in between so sure maybe
1: uh maybe we should be be more frequent than that
0: yeah maybe we can rectify that as we move forward but
1: uh there's newfangled technology on the uh you know on the iphone and the the facebook
0: such as it is
1: as derek likes to say the facebook i really like that
0: the facebook and (laughs) you've got the googs yeah for sure so
1: um
0: before the internet breaks we should try to have as many of these conversations as we can
1: absolutely yeah yeah (laughs) Um,
0: you know who who knows everything else is shutting down so hopefully the internet (laughs) won't be one of those things
1: yeah hopefully Um, hopefully the internet's forever
0: that would be that would be a different kind of virus
1: yeah exactly exactly so Uh, there's not even a word for that one yet they'll come up with it oh yeah so had you heard the had you heard this term social distancing before about three weeks ago Nope,
0: um, I think I've practiced it in my personal life <laughs> sure, yes. um,
1: for for better or for worse you take credit for it then. You should be getting royalties every time they say social.
0: <laughs> oh man, somebody should totally trademark that right now <laughs> That's a a bad idea. <laughs> hold on <laughs> what's yeah, what's interesting sure. is, is it's really not i mean if you think about it we're not, with social media social media is also social distance. It's actually physically, physical distance, right? Yeah, um, absolutely. so we're actually, one, one
1: the,
0: I, I think ahead. a lot of people are socially connecting even more than they were before we were social distancing.
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, uh, it's, uh, hopefully if we don't come out of this feeling more patient or being a more patient people, then we're never going to learn
0: yeah that's right. a good point we don't,
1: we don't come out of this knowing okay i'm going to the grocery store and now it's going to take an hour you know just stand in line um if we don't understand that that's part of something that we should be you know learning then we're in real trouble
0: yeah the, and and um, there's so many issues right um and something that rhymes with issues is bathroom tissues and uh <laughs> yeah. that that yeah, we, whole thing has just been so phenomenal to to see play out
1: well it's yeah it's uh it's one of those things that uh i was teaching up until the 12th the reason i remember march 12th is because that's our anniversary and march 12th is a day when everything changed
0: and that's something
1: <laughs> yeah it was i taught i taught on the on the 11th i had a class on the night before and then i had a class on thursday morning. And I said, well, I'm going to go to the store after I teach the class. I'm going to pick up some stuff because, you know, we might need it. Things are starting to get a little crazy. Uh, I remember saying goodbye to my students in both classes saying, hey, just in case I don't see you next week or whatever. And uh, I got to the store and people were doing that. It wasn't wasn't like it hadn't hit panic level yet. So people were walking through the store acting like this is just a normal day of shopping, but clearly getting 10 cases of water and all the toilet paper they could grab and that kind of stuff. So it was like this. Everybody had this nervous look on their face, like, "No, this is, this is still normal. It's still, normal. everything's still cool." <laughs> and they were, and they weren't running like it was a, you know, like a uh, one of those contests where you can get all the groceries you can get in five minutes. They were like taking their time, but there was still that look of, on people's faces that was just like, uh, "Just in case."
0: Yeah, it's just
1: like sure.
0: It's like Y two K plus twenty.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So,
0: yeah, yeah, it was, it
1: was a very, it was very interesting. It was the, it was the, the most interesting. Uh, anniversary we've ever had because it was like just watching people's faces I, again before I was a lawyer I was a sociologist and I studied sociology so it's the, the study of people in groups which is a real problem now because there aren't a lot of people in groups right now they're just people you know it, and part of it is, is is kind of watching you know people in the grocery stores and just seeing that look of we're good everything's good we're not we're not freaking out yet <laughs> so yeah it was it was a trip it was, uh, I was taking pictures that day for sure. So.
0: so that's the second time, uh, uh, the date of March 12th changed your life forever.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> so the second
0: time. one quick comment, and then, um, we probably should frame this up for people who don't know, you know, how, how we know each other, but, um, sure. uh, Stephanie and I went to the store today and, uh, we, we had to go to a kind of a, an off the beaten path store to, to even find toilet paper the uh, black market <laughs> exactly and
1: there's a guy in the alley <laughs> <laughs> well i i don't want
0: to i don't want but... to give a location of the alley just in case no, we need no, more TP. Do but uh, but yeah it thankfully the store had signs that said you can only get one of each of these items you know yeah. so they had some toilet paper it was like a uh, college dorm room packs of four okay um but you know and and we weren't going to go there to hoard anyway we were just going to get the the toilet paper that we need and some hand sanitizer yeah uh but they kind of had this little covid-19 section of things that you can only get one one item each which i thought was sure. uh brilliant i hope that more stores kind of follow that path because you know realistically yeah. everybody needs it, you know on the one hand i understand why People would buy more than they normally would because if you work in an office for forty hours, yeah. you're doing half of your business. At, yeah, literally. Yeah. At, at work, um, <laughs> so you've got to, uh, you know, somewhat pick up the slides.
1: Unless, unless you're not comfortable doing that. There's <laughs> well, that. Wait till you get home.
0: There's that. So, sure. so, but, but for the people who are not constipated. They're doing half their business at at work and or at at (laughs) restaurants, which we can now no no longer go to. Um, So I understand why each person would need more supply than normal, but to to have cases of it is just, you know, silliness.
1: I was thinking about creating an app that will help you calculate just how much toilet paper you'll need before your next
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love that.
1: (laughs) And uh, you know, Another friend posted something about uh, going to the party store because they've got lots of toilet paper and it's all different colors You can go to like you know a store for birthday parties oh, <laughs> they're called streamers St- streamers toilet paper it's all the same
0: streamers for your steamers
1: <laughs> <laughs> there's a mar- there's marketing right there there's marketing
0: oh right my there. gosh there's so uh, so yeah it's uh that would be a great app you you could the in the marketing for that app, you could say this app is the shit or the removal thereof. <laughs>
1: exactly. So, um... You know what? I blame all those wedding showers. <laughs> where where, where uh, women would go to the wedding showers. And guys, too. And they would make the uh, toilet paper dresses.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: They, weren't keep, they weren't keeping any of that.
0: They weren't keeping it.
1: It was all unused, clean toilet paper. Probably all went into the garbage.
0: Uh...
1: I mean talking for centuries people have been doing toilet paper wedding dresses and uh and they're not as funny anymore i'm guaranteed
0: <laughs> well they actually they're priceless now
1: <laughs> that's what i'm saying if you kept it <laughs> exactly because because people are going to start report re- resorting to their own wedding dresses <laughs> if it gets to that point uh, i'm never gonna wear it again come on come on
0: exactly come on so let's frame this up for, for those um, listening. Um, so, you and I met in nineteen ninety five. Yes. And so if, either
1: either nineteen ninety five or the beginning of ninety six.
0: Yeah, probably early ninety six because the record lemonade dropped in November ninety
1: five. Yeah, I actually actually had read your contract before I met you. That's so right. I had, read, I had read your contract with uh, Rex W R E C K S. I had, I had read it before, and I remember, And I, given my background in, in the, law, uh, the law as a lawyer, uh, I was asked to read your contract and to kind of give a, a quick summary. And I remember thinking, okay, it's a one album only. Okay, that's good. That is a good That's a good thing. And I, I saw that as a positive.
0: And remind me, so, I mean, I guess, would it have been Grant then that reached out to you?
1: I ble- yes, it was actually, yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay, so how did you know Grant then?
1: I knew Grant from, well, I my first uh, trip to Nashville was with uh, Grant, Grant and Dwight.
0: Gotcha, okay.
1: They, they took a black man to the south of their own volition, <laughs> at, at their own peril, at their own peril. And uh, after Mississippi Burning had come out, I mean, on, on top of all things, and uh, brought me back home safely.
0: Well, there's that. So, yeah,
1: uh... yeah, we, I would uh, gotten to know them through some of the stuff they were doing. And uh, that was my first trip to Nashville was with the two of them.
0: Okay. And so for those listening, Grant and Dwight were the, pretty much the founders and leaders of the band uh, Lost Tribe at the time, right? Yes, yeah,
1: exactly. Yep. Yeah.
0: And um, I think, and, and from what I remember, REX Records, Tyler Bacon in particular, who was an A&R rep there, was very interested in them, wanted yep. to sign them. He did, yeah. And they did not want to sign to a Christian label. And so, Grant and I were working on uh, just, he was, I was a guitar player. He's a guitar player. We had a drum machine. We decided to just get together in a, I think at the time, maybe it was like a a side room at at a church and just write music. Yeah. And so.
1: I wasn't there, but I, that's that's the way I've heard it.
0: Yeah, and so when Tyler was kind of kind of kept at their heels, like, hey, you guys should do a record with Rex Records. Um, they kept saying no, and Grant said, "But um, I would be glad to maybe produce a, uh, an album from our side project, which we call Leader Dogs of the Blind." And yeah. they signed us up, and we didn't even have ten songs. We didn't. What we did. Uh, I think like a week later, Tyler Bacon w- had a meeting with his cohort and said, I- you got to give me something, give me titles or something. So Grant, Dwight, and I sat in my apartment in Flint, Michigan, <laughs> and we came up with 10 album titles that had no music written to them. And I think all except for one, I think nine of those 10 that we came up with that day. Yep. Are the titles of that record okay yeah and i i can't that, that sounds, remember
1: that, that sounds about right
0: i wish i could I wish I could remember what the tenth one was that we didn't use and which one got replaced. Uh, it might have been martin 's dream i can't remember okay but um, anyway,
1: so it fits we, very nicely
0: we had this fictitious ten songs that he took <laughs> and oh, so crumb. so so that the decision makers could uh, give them the paltry budget of 8,500 bucks.
1: Well, see, I, I, was, I was, uh, was called to the bar in '94, and uh, I was representing bands and artists and reviewing contracts, new and doing that kind of stuff at the time. And I was also hosting a radio show. So I knew Rex Records from the, from the, from the radio side. Mm-hmm. So, for example, the reason they wanted the list of songs is because they would send out an advance, you know, six months in advance, saying, here's what's coming out six months from now. Uh, here's the album titles, here's the style, all that kind of stuff. They needed something to be able to give to radio and to retail and all that kind of stuff so that they could say, okay, we want to order this many or it's going to fit our radio form. When there used to be a thing called radio format, of course. And, uh, <laughs> but the idea was we want to give you as much notice of this band that's coming down the pike. Uh, So you can, you know, either add them to rotation, that kind of stuff. So I was getting things from the radio side that helped me on the legal side, which was great. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I don't even uh,
0: think I knew that. Like, I knew that you, your entree into uh, Leader Dogs was actually twofold. It was um, because of your legal uh, experience. mm -hmm, Yep. But also you were running a radio show, if I remember right, over in Windsor. I was. And was that with Jeff?
1: It was with Jeff. Yeah, Jeff was, uh, it was Jeff and Jason and myself. And it was called The True Groove. And uh, the rule was the music must groove and the groove must be true. And (laughs) so it was nice because we were in a a border city. So we had more people listening in Detroit uh, than in Windsor, which meant we had 20 people listening in Detroit and 10 people listening (laughs) in Windsor. But when I would go to conventions and I would go to festivals, I would get introduced. To, it was hilarious. I would get introduced as the guy. He's big in radio in Canada.
0: That's amazing.
1: Meeting, uh, meeting uh, I'm trying to do, uh, Lanny Cordola from the House of Lords. Oh yeah, yep. And, the, that's and the radio rep, the radio rep said to me and said to him, "Oh, this is Ryan. He's big in Canada." <laughs> <laughs> sure. What am I going to say? Well, that's not true. Our station's about as strong as a microwave, but I can't say that. <laughs>
0: Especially a 1995 microwave. Exactly. exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah. But I remember I remember being introduced to people as you know, oh, Ryan, This is Ryan. He's you know, he's uh, you got to get you got to get him to play your songs. <laughs> so it is uh, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain.
0: Yeah, our our, our station can warm your hot dog up in 30 seconds. <laughs>
1: maybe, maybe <laughs> it's actually much it's much stronger now. But uh, at the time, it was. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was right on the border of Detroit, so that's why we did have a Detroit you know, listenership, and, they, and they, they really did have more people listening in Detroit, the station in general, which was nice.
0: Yeah, and, you know, I remember there was a, for whatever reason, there was a decent um, scene in Detroit. Yep. Detroit always had a great original music scene.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Um,
0: but for some reason, there was, it seemed to me at the time, there was a lot of bands that were in that sort of Christian um, market, sure yeah and it might have partly had to do with the fact that there were a few venues too where bands could play
1: absolutely i mean so. detroit detroit has always been a music city uh between motown and and epop pop and all this stuff that's come out of detroit uh and being a border city we really benefited from that uh in so many ways because we had every major show came through detroit every you know every Every band would have to make a stop in Detroit and sometimes in Windsor. And it was really nice to be that close. We also had, you know, bands like the Tea Party in Windsor that, that did very well, you know, kind of right across Canada and Australia and uh, China. And uh, like the White Stripes, when we were doing a radio show, was kind of the years that Jack White was very active and uh, and kind of that whole scene. So we uh, we came by it pretty naturally. Yeah. Uh, having access to kind of the best of the best in my opinion
0: yeah totally agree totally agree and so so i guess grant at some point in time probably september october of 95 would have contacted you and said hey we yep. are working on a
1: working on this project
0: this project actually it might have been earlier i think we started
1: i think it was earlier yeah i
0: think, I think it was really
1: i think it was like early summer that year
0: yeah, because if I remember right, we, we sat down long about late March or early April to come up with those 10 titles. Sure. Yeah. And then I remember um, going to on a trip to. Um, oh, it's escaping me right now. Northern Michigan somewhere. And oh, Traverse City, of course it was. We were in Traverse City. And I had two or three days, and I, I think I wrote lyrics to about four or five songs while I was there.
1: Nice. Uh, social, um, socially distancing.
0: Socially distancing long before it was necessary. <laughs> so I've been doing my part.
1: You have, since 95.
0: <laughs> so, social distancing since 95.
1: Right. <laughs> Again, we're coming up these taglines just right off the cuff. Right this is beautiful.
0: It's gold. Yeah, we're 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 making we're printing money on this podcast,
1: like, like a Tim Hortons.
0: <laughs> All right. So okay. So about the
1: project. So they contacted me and said, "Here's this contract." And I think you and I have had this discussion before. The question they had when they gave me the contract was, "Does this commit us to anything past this?" And what they what they wanted to know was, "Are we committed, Grant and Dwight, committed to this in any way?" Right. If if it takes off, if it goes to another level, um, do we are we obligated to keep doing records for Rex Records? And I gotcha. I scanned it, read through it pretty thoroughly, made notes on it, and I got back to them. I said, no, you're you're not. You're not committed to anything past this. Because they were, like like you said, they were very careful about putting anything out in the Christian market that actually had a scene in, in 94, 95. There was actually, you know, when I was doing radio, I always said, were the salad days of, of doing radio in that genre at that time. Because yeah. for about 10 years in there, there was a ton of content. There was the the levels had gone up, not, not uh, in part, uh, or in part certainly to a producer named Gene Eugene that brought the levels of recording up because he was such a genius. Yeah. So that there were actual projects coming out in that scene that were actually worth listening to. Uh, yeah. You know, after years of not <laughs> not being listenable, I'd say between, say, 92 and 96, 97, you had Mortal, you had Stavesacre, you had, uh, you know, uh, The Crucified, you had stuff that for, for a college radio station that we were running out of, we had content that we could put out that people would listen to.
0: That actually mattered. Yeah. That, actually mattered. I,
1: that, that actually talked about real issues and actually talked about, you know, uh, social responsibility and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and I, like I said, 92 to 96, 97 was kind of like the best time for that. Uh, because we had, we had no shortage of content. Uh, we could put out stuff. And again, I didn't want to, we didn't want to put out a a show that was just going to be cheesy. Like we, when we were choosing our titles, right. It was like the, the rock, the solid rock. Like there's so many stations that all had the same name. Yes, And it was like, and we went with the true groove. We said the music must groove and the groove must be true, which meant we could play whatever we wanted as long as it fit into that, into that definition. Yep. Which is, which brought us the leader dogs because certainly we were playing, we were playing your stuff um, as soon as we got it. Like we added your rotation right away without you and I ever meeting. I, and I think you might know this story and if you don't, it's good for everybody to hear. Uh, I remember my brother who used to be into rock and roll, not anymore, but he was into rock and roll and he was listening to all kinds of stuff. And at the time I was like, look, you got to listen to stuff. That's going to build you up. You got to, you can't be listening to the stuff. That's going to tear you down. And I came back home. I was living out of town. I came back to my parents' house and my brother was cranking. Um, I think it was better days, better ways, better, t- uh,
0: better ways,
1: better yeah. ways. ways yes. Yeah. Well, the Canadian version was better was better days. <laughs> they they, of they it was. They'd make that slight change and when it crossed the border, <laughs> and, 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 and and I'm over fifty now, so the memory's starting to start to go.
0: It's the it's the uh, maple leaf reprint.
1: <laughs> the <laughs> special edition. Ten, yes. 10 signed copies. <laughs> so uh, so I so I, I remember going up to his room and uh, and I heard this this noise coming out and I was like, dude, like what are you listening to now? Like man, you got it, and he's like, "It's Leader Dogs," and I and the only reason I was criticizing him was, I was like the production was so good that I was like, "This can't be Christian music." <laughs> <laughs> so that was my that was my first introduction to the recording. He had actually gotten my advance copy that came in the mail for the radio show, and he was playing it as loud as he could, and I was getting ready to come up and chastise him
0: because that's amazing. The
1: production's so good. This is so heavy. This the, the vocals there. Everything about it is so great this can't be Christian music. So that was my, uh, that was my take on the first time I'd actually heard your band. I was, I was convinced that it was general market, you know, Soundgarden, like bands that were out there zombie, of course. Um, I was, I thought it was in that. And those are all the bands that I was trying to keep him from that I all that I have gone over the last several years.
0: Of course. For of sure. course. Like, yeah.
1: The, 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 my, my views changed pretty quickly. Uh,
0: I think, I think you and I have both had a similar transformation yeah. as we've talked about.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was it was one of those things where it's like, no, uh, you got to be careful about discerning about what you listen to. And, and I realized that I can listen to whatever I want and I can, you know, I can, those are the boundaries that I set and all that kind of stuff. But my view changed drastically. But like I said, I, my opinion was this is so good. It can't be Christian music, which is a kind of high praise.
0: That is. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny that that would be, you know, the litmus test, like, uh, how good is it? Uh, yeah. yeah, this sounds like Christian music, or no, this can't be. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> and the thing was, too, because I was getting, I mean, one of the, the beautiful things about doing a radio show that nobody told us when we first started doing it was that once you start a radio show, they send you free stuff. I would get average 15 to 20 discs a week. And I was on a college station. Like I was like, it wasn't like, I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, you know, broadcasting across the country. I had, you know, we had a listenership in Detroit, but they didn't care because in those days they had budgets to send that kind of stuff out. And they don't now, obviously most of those labels are dead. So, so my take on that with, with Rex records was that I had heard everything Rex had put out and I was probably impressed with 10% of it before that. Sure. Like ten yeah. percent, I would go. Okay, this is good, but the other ninety percent was standard garbage, nah. cliche type stuff. And so yeah. my expectations, even though I knew Grant and Dwight, uh, my expectations were not high for the album coming out. That's yeah. because because I knew I knew Rex Records, and I knew that their track record was. I had this. I had this. I mean, you and I have discussed this too. Is that when we were looking at different labels later, like the year after and two years after, I had my report card of all the labels that existed in the market. And I would, and I had notes that I wouldn't share with anybody but clients. And our, and Rex Records had a code that said TMTF. And TMTF stood for too much too fast. So to, in my opinion, they were cranking up so much product that they weren't working hmm. it sufficiently. Like they, they weren't taking the time to really push the bands that they had on their label. They were just hoping to get a hit the, well, maybe the next one will, will get us passed so we we can keep our doors open, uh, which I found out later. But they weren't really working an album, which is what you had to do in 1995, for sure. You had to spend the time to make connections with radio. You had to get radio on board. And so Too Much Too Fast, in my coding, mat, they're cranking up so much stuff that they're not working any of it really well. Yeah. And so And so yeah. when we were discussing the idea of taking leader dogs to another label, I would have my coding that would say, well, that label, yeah, they'll, they'll be excited from day one, but six months from now, are they going to you know, have that same, that same uh, energy level And most didn't.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I also remember something that was so um, evident at, at, in that era. Now there was there in, like you said, 1994, <laughs> 1995, there started to be a departure, but prior to that, the entire it's what felt like to me the entire christian industry was simply being a, a, an echo of what was happening in the in quote-unquote secular music but of course by the time you record a record to sound like something that's on the radio you're already a year and a half too right. late yeah yep and that's what gene eugene changed He did. yeah like he was producing music that nobody was Already listening no, to no,
1: but uh, when I actually got to see the green room where we recorded, I was I was shocked. It was kind of like, uh, have you seen Sound City? The yes. Sound City, when they when they when people would discuss what Sound City actually looked like and how, how yeah. disappointing it was aesthetically, <laughs> and the dags carpet <laughs> and everything, the green room kind of it had a, it was it was it was a a, a different setup than I I, I anticipated. Kind of this huge studio. Uh, and what I learned through, certainly through that and through Sound City is that you don't need, even then you didn't need the huge, you know, uh, beautiful paneling and sound or everything else. You just needed to have a good producer who could, who could guide a band.
0: Yeah. And you need a decent A&R, which yeah. by the way, they're now, I, this is no knock to Tyler, nope, but. Yeah. From what I remember, there was there was like none for <laughs> us, and, and and it might have just been because our our contract was so off the wall, like different. Right. But it also might have just been because that's just that was the norm then. Like there was no guidance. And you know what the
1: other factor was? Is that that Rex died. Rex Records died within, I believe, it was six to eight months of the album releasing.
0: Right? Yeah. Oh, it was two months. Yeah,
1: yeah. It was like. In retrospect, I'm glad that they got it out to radio because given, you know, if there was a two month gap in there, it, it wouldn't yeah. have even gotten that far. And yeah. all we were, when we started, when you, when you and I met and started talking management and that kind of stuff, my first order of business was to say, this album's out. It's in people's hands. Like, we, you know, we could look at where it should have been and what they should have done, but forget that we, what, what is it they can do for us? What, else, what is it that they can do that we can't do ourselves, right? Yeah. So we, we literally took on uh, the radio promotion. We didn't leave it to them. I made contact with uh, as many radio shows as I could right across the U.S. And I said, here's – we actually – do you remember the package we sent out? Yep. Yeah, with lemon drops. Lemon in. drops. Anything that had to do with lemon. We went and bought uh, – I think we had lemonade packets from Kool-Aid. Yep. The, <laughs> only, the only time I've ever found – lemonade packets for five cents a piece was that trip. And, I bought, <laughs> and I bought everything they had. I probably spent 20 bucks. I bought all the Kool-Aid lemonade they had. Never seen it that cheap since. Uh, I think that was the timing was perfect. But we made the, the cheapest easy to mail package that had uh, the Kool-Aid lemonade in it. Had a packet of Kool-Aid. had a packet of uh, had some lemon drops in it. And the lemon air fresheners.
0: Oh my gosh! I remember all. I still of that. have
1: one. I still have a lemon air freshener from, from those days, and and we sent it out saying, "Can you please play?" I think I think we did go with lemonade for the next single. Like we didn't wait for the label because the label was was dying. We we yeah. immediately said, "Here's the next single." Thanks for supporting. It was yellow and black attack was first, right? Yellow yep. and black attack was first, and that was charting, for, with uh, radio stations across the country, and so we we chose the next single. And we said, OK, here's the next single. Here's some cool swag to help you remember Lemonade. And we sent those out to radio. And we we essentially and we got a good upturn. I remember we had great response.
0: Yeah, because of you, we, we essentially took on what the label should have been doing for us.
1: We had. to. Yeah, we had to. The, other, the only option was so, to let it just sit.
0: Yeah, we were acting as an independent label yeah. long before yeah. those were really even a thing. Yeah,
1: I remember I remember we came in, That's, I came in an emergency mode. Like I think, yeah, because I, think, I, I think you've been asked the cornerstone already at that point, right?
0: Yeah, and actually we 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 were kind of asked and we were kind of also looking for it. So what happened was um I think so the album dropped and we had, I had no intention. I know Grant had no intention of taking it live. He had his right, own band.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And I had, I didn't have a band. All we had was Grant and I writing. And then we had these like hired guns for the recording, which included Andy Brancic yep. on bass. Uh, the dr- drum machine handled all the drums. And then we brought Derek in and he had his yep, own band. He did, premonition. So we didn't think there was going to be. A band, but Dwight said, "You know, you guys should have put together um, a recording, or I'm sorry, a, a live act. If if nothing else, do a couple warm up shows and do cornerstone." Absolutely.
1: Yeah, that was good advice.
0: It was good advice. So I contacted Derek, and he said, "Yeah, I'm on board." And and then <clears throat> because I think uh, partly because of our connection with you, then Jeff Lafferett was well, don't blame interested. Me for that. Oh shoot! I was looking for a. You're blaming me. I was looking you're, for an hour. You're making me yeah. a
1: connection just because we're both Canadian, really? really? All, yeah. all Canadians well, know each other.
0: Don't don't you all?
1: Pretty,
0: I I pretty assumed. Much, yeah. That's,
1: I that's assumed. yeah. That's that's a little uh, <laughs> you know uh, xenophobic towards Canadians, but we're used to it. And and I'm well, sorry. I'm sorry. Well, so so here's the funny yeah, thing actually,
0: about yeah. that statement that we just made. It's it's obviously fantastically hilarious to say one Canadian knows all Canadians, but there's some truth to one Canadian who's into Christian music knows all C- Canadians <laughs> yeah, who yeah, are into yeah,
1: Christian good music. Good
0: so yeah. no, but yeah. yeah so- Jeff,
1: I don't, Jeff, because Jeff and I were doing the show. I think uh, Jeff had the same reaction when I when I brought the recording into the radio show and played it for the first time. He was like, "What is this?" I, I remember I remember yeah. the look on his face. When I when I played uh, Yellow and Black Attack, and he went, "What? What? How have I not heard this already?" Like he was <laughs> he was floored, he was floored, and yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think it was just, I think I might have brought him on one of the trips up to Flanders or something. I I I don't remember the exact point where you met Jeff, but I remember it was there was there was no hesitation, there was no you know question. Uh, what? Yeah, we'll have to to um,
0: the next time we record when he's on, we'll have to ask him his. <laughs> Cause he remembers yeah, everything. He Jeff's incredible does, that yeah. way. And he'll remember, cause I think somebody, it might've actually been Derek who reached out to him. Cause I think, I didn't know a lot of musicians up in Michigan. So I just, I think Derek and I might've been talking saying, we're going to need a drummer and a bassist if we're going to play this out live. And I think he knew I Jeff. Had a, I had
1: a venue uh, and again, not that yeah. I want to take credit for everything, but I had a venue in Windsor that I was bringing bands over. Uh, we brought over. I remember Larry Norman once. We brought in Dynamic Twins, um, and I was doing indie shows as well. So one of my indie shows was Overtaken and Premonition, and so, uh, so my That's my my uh, vision with that was East meets West. You know, U.S. meets Canada. We're gonna. I'm gonna bring a band from the local band from the area. I'm gonna bring a local band from Detroit. When it used to be easier for bands to get over the border. Those days. Those days yeah, ended okay. about 2000. But, uh, and I would do an East meets West, West kind of theme, you know, like I want your audience, like if you're, if you like Premonition, you're going to like Overtaken, right? And so I would try right. to bring two bands from, you know, from two different worlds uh, and show that there could be peace and glass and all that kind of stuff. And so I think that was somehow, I think Derek and Jeff got together that way.
0: Or started talking. Yeah, you're you're right. I, they, Cause they've talked about the fact that that's when they at least met in person yeah, yeah. for sure. And, then
1: and friends,
0: so I think yeah. when Derek, and you know, the role, you know, even though there was a decent scene in the Detroit area, even yeah. for Christian music, the Rolodex was still pretty sure. short. So I think Derek I knew. Think, you know what was, I
1: think it might have been too is Jeff Frankenstein. I think somehow Jeff huh. and I probably connected or helped to connect uh, Derek and Jeff. Huh that would make frankenstein complete sense. them together that's right
0: <laughs> and can i just tell you that it's still a yeah, monster yeah, it's
1: still <laughs> a monster yeah uh
0: it's it's a monster that makes me laugh every single week when we do this podcast it's uh, it's pretty it's a terrible. monster magnet um, that's right whoa, whoa.
1: that's big enough for a band
0: great reference yeah we should yeah sure write that, that, that down <laughs> So, um one quick thing that keeps you know coming to mind i my first the first time I even saw gene Eugene's name okay. I think it was very late eighties or maybe very early nineties, and at this point, so when I was growing up, um, we were in that same class that a lot of Christians were at the time where you're not supposed to listen to secular music, you're only to listen right. to Christian music, so we would go to the christian bookstores and you know at this time I probably had a job and I was able to buy you know what anything that came out that that was sounded like rock or harder and I remember being in this you know very little town central Illinois, Pekin, Illinois and going into a Berean bookstore and I might have been there I might have been there with my mom I can't remember but after I got past the phase of my parents dictating to us what we should or shouldn't listen to, like you you, you don't listen to secular music, I had my own like young, uh overzealous passion of everybody should only listen yeah. to Christian music and nobody should yep. listen to secular. So I was in this store and I saw Scattered okay. Few. And I listened to a couple tracks in this in the store and I, I come and you know, like, I have a punk background, sure. early yep. 80s punk. And when I heard this, I thought, there's no, there's n- nothing that <laughs> no, I've ever neither. heard yeah. on, the, on the planet, like secular yeah. or not, that sounds yeah. like this. And so I bought that record and I listened to it. I, it was on cassette and I listened to, to it until <laughs> it started
1: <laughs> warbling. Remember,
0: and Oh, my gosh. I, I, I mean, you know, when they start off with yeah, Kill the Sarks yeah. and he's like, hang it from the rafters. I'm like, who <laughs> is they, this? And I had to know everything I could know about that band. I read the, the liner notes back C- and backwards. jam did not
1: want to put on a Christian radio show, the station we were on. And so we had to do a demo tape for them of here's the stuff we want to play and the first song we put on the tape was Glass God, and the program director went, yeah, this works. <laughs> and, it, and literally, like it was like six months of fighting with them over, look, what you think Christian music is isn't what we want to do. And so Glass God was the song that was one of the, one of the key songs that got us on the air. and Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, that's amazing.
0: What a yeah, cool connection. Yeah. And
1: I remember you and I connected about Gene really early on, just out of a mutual respect, and uh, like, first time I saw Adam again, I'd never heard of them at all. I walked into a tent, and they were playing, and I went, what in the world is this? Like you said, I've never heard anything like this, and it blew my mind, and I I remember coming back home, I probably sold 15 copies of uh, 10 songs by Adam again, because I would play it for them, and they'd like, I gotta go buy it, I gotta go buy it. Yeah, there yeah. was, there was no, uh, no ambiguity there.
0: You know, uh, in 1990, my, I went to California. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I had a band at the time, and the bassist of that band and I, and my sister and my dad, because they were going out to see okay. my grandma, who was not doing well. We used it, my, the bassist and I used it as an opportunity to go to Redondo Beach and meet up with Pastor Bob oh, at nice. Sanctuary. Very cool. And we were there over New Year's Eve and we went to, um, let me think, mm-hmm. uh Knott's Berry okay. Farm that on New Year's Eve had all <laughs> no. these bands playing, all yeah. these Christian bands. And Adam again was there. I didn't really know them very much yeah. at all. And I was, and I, at the time, by the way, I, not only was I like, it's got to be, you know, Christian, it, I, it also had to be sure. metal because yeah. I was just in that. Ridiculous Frontline mind line frame records. of if it's not this, Front, it's not Frontline cool. Records. You know. <laughs> yep, yep. And so, but I, I listened to uh, Corey and I. The Corey was the name of the bassist. Um, were there? I, I remember seeing Adam again and just being blown away. Mm-hmm. There, and I will say this: uh, I, I loved their recordings. But if you, you had like, the uh-huh. privilege to yep. see them live. You had an experience that I is agree. unmatched. And um yeah, that was a game changer for me. So I I even then I don't think I connected uh, Gene Eugene to you know like who he was as a producer and and then like scattered few. Um that came together for me later, but uh, I just remember Adam again and that and and they were touring Ten Songs. And they left remember, that impression right? on you. Oh, I, I can still see it. It's one of those things, you know. There's a, there's a, probably uh, maybe a couple dozen songs where, well, probably a lot more than that at this point, where you can absolutely remember where you mm-hmm, were at yeah. the time.
1: Music, music does that. And doesn't it? musical. T-
0: yeah, to the moment. yeah. I have a, I had a separate podcast that called uh, Tonal Recall, um, and That's I was right. doing that. I need to, I need to absolutely. get that going again, but. I, but their entire show was one of those shows. And same with Fleming and uh-huh. John, by the way, when I happened to yep. walk into their tent at Cornerstone in 1995.
1: Do you remember, do you remember our Benjamin you know. and Gate experience? We all, we oh, all yeah. without oh, saying a word, a sure. seven or eight of us all veered into the tent at the same time without saying anything and just stood in front of the stage floor. Yep. That was, that was, yep. that was yeah, unique. they
0: were. I've
1: only, had, I've only had two or three experiences like that in my life.
0: Yeah. That
1: sound that was,
0: crazy. you know, pardon me. It was just way too good for that festival. But
1: that's a whole other, yeah. that's a whole other discussion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, no I just remember we were coming back to the, coming back to Cornerstone from your place and whoever was with us, we all just walked right into, without saying a word, we all just went into a tent. We were like, what is that sound? I need to hear what the, I need to find out. what that is. It was a great, that was a great <laughs> moment.
0: You know, and that's what I was going to say. So pre Gene Eugene and pre like 93, Mm -hmm. 94, 92-ish, so much of what was coming out of especially Christian music was, uh, again, it was like an echo of, you know, this is like, like you could, like today we say that this is the Uber of restaurants or whatever. Back then it was like, well, These guys are, um, you know, the, the green day of Christian, you know, Christian music or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Two, you know, two years later, not nearly as interesting, obviously a recipe band, you know, kind of a thing. But, um, I remember going, I only went to Cornerstone in 1995. Um, because I hadn't gone since 91 and I went back in 95 I was because I was living in Michigan and I didn't get back a lot plus I was disinterested honestly sure. in the industry and I went back and went I, I remember going and walking away from that festival that year thinking there was, there are sounds coming out of this industry right now that are actually yeah. leading yeah. um I remember um Hoy poloy uh huh yeah um even though i didn't like their attitudes johnny q public sure. was coming yeah. out um, i saw scattered yeah. few there in 95 yeah yep um I th- that's when i saw fleming and john
1: oh that that's another that's another I band think... i saw them once and i've never seen anything like it since.
0: yeah oh my gosh i mean when i I, when I walked into the tent, it was because they were already playing. I guarantee you, this is how ridiculous I was and how judgmental mm-hmm. I was. If I had seen them walk onto the stage, I would have been like, oh, no, <laughs> next tent, because this doesn't right, look yes. like my vibe. They were yeah, so good, they were, they were. but so hippie, you know, and I wasn't into I that saw, at the time, but I'm my an, goodness. we were at the Hard they Rock
1: good. Cafe in Nashville, uh, right when it, like, it was like the year that Hard Rock opened there, and so I was... Four feet from the stage, It just jaw dropped. It was it was something else. I mm. I still I'm still waiting for them to do another, at least another show or another tour or something.
0: I wish they, they should would.
1: do a, a broadcast now. Why yeah, that would be amazing. Why not? So yeah, so the two the two, the two anyway, things that I'm most proud of in my legal slash music career. Uh, the first is what we did, you know, building up to Cornerstone and and kind of what we did with Leader Dogs and and uh, had that show, but kind of everything else around it. The years on both sides of it, for sure. And negotiating the uh, insider's deal with Gene. Uh, because That's I got amazing. to be kind of hardcore lawyer with him and just kind of and just kind of go, no, we don't agree to that. We don't agree to this. And then when I saw him at Cornerstone that year, he's like, that was you? he thought I was like some 60 year old lawyer that was, yeah, it was, was, I did a real, uh, I I, I was negotiating a deal for an artist. So I wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't a fan. I took off the fan hat and, and stopped going, Oh my gosh, I'm on the phone with Gene and Gene for like two hours. It was more like take off the fan hat, put on the lawyer hat and, and negotiate the deal that fortunately years later they were protected by, which was good. And still, still got to hang with Gene and talk to him and, he was. Uh, he was also yeah. the guy that told me that uh, he was born in Canada, so that everything he did was Canadian content, which uh, made our show that much better. Because you had to, oh, have a certain level incredible. of Canadian content, and there's only so much Angelica you can play. And, and <laughs> no Daniel Band, and, and we were a, we were a Daniel Band free show. That's all I'm going to say. That was that was not uh, not Canada's proudest moments. Do you remember them? yeah yeah Not i do yep i had
0: I had probably either a cassette I probably had a cassette of theirs, i mean because honestly again, anything that dropped that had an electric guitar on you it picked, for you years picking, that's just you it yeah i I want
1: to yeah. apologize to the the Daniel band fan that's out there listening, uh nothing against them, but uh they didn't get play on the true groove, and I don't apologize yeah. for that.
0: well um, so uh, a couple things one is um, since so maybe really quickly tell everybody like why we're even having this conversation you had some extra time due to the coronavirus to to listen to season two so yeah
1: tell us about that spare time lately I don't know uh, I don't know if everybody's feeling the same (laughs) it's the idea of I always go back to Um, one of the things that I that I like to go back to a line that I that I like uh, that I keep repeating and myself over and over again I don't know why um, is am I am I consuming more than I'm creating right so like when we're in school's closed right now my wife's a teacher Uh, she's also a harpist so she's playing beautiful harp music uh, not every morning when I have breakfast uh, like I would want but uh, she played, you know, everyone <laughs> got some recordings, that kind of stuff. And so she's, she's working yeah. on her skills. Not that she needed the work, but she's doing that. And so it's easy for us to go, let's binge this show. Let's do this. And it's like, yeah, yeah we can do that because there's this time now, but am I consuming more than I'm creating? So if I'm spending three yeah. or four hours on this. I want to spend three or four hours uh, creating content, you know, connecting with people, that kind of thing. And so I've been meaning to get to season two of this podcast for quite some time. And, uh, and again, I was just, I was busy teaching steady right up until March 12th and uh, free time wasn't, wasn't uh, afforded to me. So I said today in my calendar this morning, I said, today's my cheap flight day. I'm going to, I'm going to go through and listen to season two. I'm finding it's inspiring me to create, to create more and consume less. Uh, That's awesome. Unless, unless I'm involved I like that. more toilet paper, uh, then I'll consume <laughs> less. Because <laughs> <laughs> creating more and consuming, uh, anyway. Uh, but, yeah. I, but I was, I, so, I, so I, I binged today. I listened to, to the season two and uh, it felt like, and again, I'm not trying to inflate your ego, which has never been anything I've been good at, but uh, it felt like I was sitting in a room with the three of you. And we were we were catching yeah. up on stuff, and I, I I caught myself at least twice chiming in, and then going, "Oh wait, they can't hear me." <laughs> I love that.
0: I love that. I would That's go, oh, Derek,
1: you card," and then <laughs> the person that was walking their dog down the street would just look at me funny, but uh, wondering who I was talking to. I'm <laughs> not Derek. Derek. Leave me alone. <laughs> I can't hear, I can't hear you thing. through my mask. <laughs>
0: His name is His name Fido. Exactly.
1: <laughs> but yeah, I, I it felt like I was having a conversation with the three of you, and ca- we were catching up on stuff. Uh, and I literally came out of it feeling like, yeah, we're all, we're caught up. This is good. I, you know, I might have something to say if I, you know, if if, if they allow me to jump on the mic uh, at least one more time. And the video that I posted last weekend had nothing to yeah. do with anything you were saying because I hadn't listened to the podcast. I hadn't listened to season two of the podcast yet, right? so when I That's listen to amazing. it now I'm like oh my goodness the timing was really kind of perfect that I was cleaning yeah. my ex- one of my external hard drives and I found that clip it was like a 15 minute clip that I know my brother was at least one of the, the camera people on that and it was just yeah. you guys on the road and the Wonderland Ballroom show and the the one in, uh, in Michigan uh, and it wasn't I like the fact that it wasn't like here's 10 minutes of this or 10 minutes of that it's like a minute of everything you know
0: it was that's amazing yeah i i love the compilation and i i couldn't remember that regan had gone with us and i'm so glad that jeff yeah. re- remembered that because then it because then it brought back all great memories i remember going to shows with you and regan both and you know i I totally missed that kid T- please tell him you know that Absolutely. i say hello and you know i'd love to catch up with him at some and point he was a fan too. of music
1: before i was because he had he He had heard it. It's amazing. I had a chance to, there was no, there was no Spotify in uh, 95. That's that's so true. (laughs) I have a question right now. There was no, there was no Spotify in, in uh, 2005.
0: (laughs) They're in disbelief right now.
1: It doesn't exist.
0: The real question is, what is a Spotify?
1: It's not like you can reach out and grab it out of the air, right? You just can't. I I used to make jokes about Spotify, like to say, oh, oh, my Spotify is acting up today. Ooh, I better get that looked at. Um, But given given the current climate, it's not fun to make fun of (laughs) the joke about, uh, you know, that being a Good point. But... uh,
0: is he still producing music? Is he still working with music at all?
1: Uh, Spotify?
0: No, uh, no, Regan.
1: no no, No, he's an uh, he's uh, okay. admin guy for a church. Three boys okay. and yeah, they're yeah, he's uh he doesn't I mean, he not he's not a big music guy anymore. I mean unless unless he's hiding it from me. Still a big and maybe I've guy.
0: I've confused it's that like with Joe. Is Joe oh, Joe, my son? is he doing he is. any he's music recording. production he's,
1: he's got time now he works for restaurants and he's they just closed this place uh for now last week so i know he's back recording and doing beats and, and you know playing with all kinds of stuff so yeah he's still he's still active in it he's more active in it now than he was 2 weeks ago
0: well let him know that like i because what, what we're going to start from is is his beats just like we did okay, with Leader Dogs so if, if he wants to jump in the game and um, you know lend a beat or two, he's, he's welcome to.
1: He's, he's really yeah. like he's moved more to hip hop lately, but he's but he yeah when he was I'm DJing, um, he was far better. He's still far better than I ever was, as far as as far as beating and, huh. and doing live shows and stuff. Like he really he really had uh, he really has skills. It's uh, it's been fun. well, that's like
0: my my boy, you know, Sprout, yeah, yeah. of course. He's he's far better as a musician than I am. I mean, like leagues beyond me. He's you know versed in theory, and he's he's both educated and he's got great talent. So he's got a one Absolutely. up on me. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I'd so. like I'd like to hope that we gave them at least a bit more of a head start than we had in many ways, because because you know my kids grew up in leader dogs and thousand crutch heaven. Like when 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 I realized that there were shows that we were going to that they couldn't back, get backstage to. And they would go like, what's going on? I was like, maybe I spoiled them. A little bit. <laughs> Cause, Cause my kids grew up like going backstage wasn't, wasn't even an issue. Right. My daughter no. and I went to see uh, 21 no. pilots last year. And, uh, and it was kind of funny. Cause I think she was kind of like, you, you, you know them, right. And I'm like, no, I don't. I, don't. <laughs> I, I got no, <laughs> I amazing. got no connections there, but, uh, but growing up, they were backstage at, at our shows at crutch shows. Like it was, it was, uh, that's just what it was. So I, I, like I said, I hope we gave them, I hope we gave them, I, what I pray is we gave them an understanding that this isn't some far fetched dream, right? This, this isn't something that's that right. you, uh, you can't do that. It's that it's in your hands and you can do whatever you want with it. It's kind of like uh, Dave Grohl's approach with doing sound city and, and his attempt to educate students yeah. that just do it, do it 10,000 hours, you know, get, get really good yeah. at it but the idea that we've got to get everything perfect and we got to get everything exact and the way it's supposed to be, it's not science. You just, you just keep no. doing it and get really good at it.
0: Yep. And your, and your passion, passion drives you. It, absolutely. absolutely.
1: One of the biggest challenges for me in say management in the last 25 years is that my bar was really high. And again, I'm not here to inflate your ego, but my bar was really high in the, in the beginning when I started managing you guys managing leader dogs and then I started working with Thousand Foot Crutch. And then I started to look at the landscape post-99, 2000 and going, oh, man, my, my expectations, my, my, uh, the bar was high, right? Because every, every other band That's that came amazing. in, it was like, no, you're missing this or you're missing that or you need, you, you need to work on stage presence or that kind of stuff. Like you guys had that kind of stuff in place and, uh, yeah. and you were willing to put in the time. Uh, and that's, that's one of the things that I kind of lament in many, certainly of the last 10, 15 years of bands that just assume that it, I can just do this and then the world's going to throw money at me and the world's going to come after me yep. and, and they don't want to put the time and the effort in to actually connect with their audience, the, the time and effort to, you know, kind of let people know what they're doing.
0: Yeah. That's, that's gold right there. That's, uh, that's some good. Every wisdom once in right a while there. I might
1: say something intelligent.
0: <laughs> well we're only what 58 minutes yeah. in you just now it, did so found that,
1: found that <laughs> yeah it, it only takes eight minutes to do that okay so great i'm getting i'm getting better
0: so so, yeah. so two things one is um we've decided today that well a couple things we decided to do this using anchor to record instead of zoom because we we realized that we had uh at least in our uh pandemic sh- lockdown we had faces for, yes, sure. for radio. I, I
1: know I do.
0: Uh, the second is, um, you mentioned earlier that you were sipping some bourbon while listening <laughs> to season two. What, what's, your, what's your bourbon well, recommend? There's
1: a place in town uh, like my wife was on a walk one day and uh, it was a beautiful day and she's, she didn't stumble into it, but she found this place called The Bourbon. It's about 10, 12 blocks from us and uh, yeah. it, is, it is such a great place. And uh, it's it, the outdoor patio, and so sometimes in the summers we'll live there. <laughs> we actually we had a, we both turned fifty last year. That's that's the only the only time you can actually give a woman's age is when they hit like fifty or seventy five, like or you know, the the landmark ages. Other than that, it's never good to advertise anybody's never. age. Really, it's 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 the I call it the Kramer principle. Like don't speculate. That's good. But anyway. So we did our fiftieth birthday party at the Bourbon, uh, but we actually called it a hundredth birthday party because I said we don't may not look good for fifty, but we look great for a <laughs> hundred. And so we went back to our favorite place. They had a an upstairs room, and the so the Bourbon's own own brand is pretty amazing. Uh, yeah, it's awesome. awesome. The Bourbon is uh, is our place to to hang out and, and invite friends to and. All that kind of stuff, and uh, after all this gets cleared up, we'll definitely have to have you up and
0: out there on our our way to Toronto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, I would love that. That's uh, that's the bourbon is our is our place, and it's our you know the the stuff that they come up with, the drinks they come up with, they're pretty amazing.
0: Yeah, um, Stephanie is is bourbon first, bourbon forward. So we would (laughs) definitely love that. Recommend. Uh, she turned me on to journeyman out of Michigan. Journeyman. Um, feather rye is one of our favorites. Um, and actually if you, once all this dies down, if you can make it over to where journeyman is, it's a, it's a great place to go just hang out and have boutique restaurant food and, and they have, they make a lot more than just bourbon, but, um, that's my opinion is it's by far their the best thing that they like well, you, so. you know
1: like being in a border city um it's been second nature growing up i mean i went to school in detroit like lived in canada went to school in detroit crossing the border growing up was never an issue it was never something you you know it was like well yeah of course i cross the border it's just what you do so on march 11th this year uh, i was having a discussion with my father-in-law and i said What's gonna happen? Like, I don't. I hope they don't cross. I hope They don't close the border. Like that. That'd be bad. Like you're getting yeah. personally selfish. I I need to get over there. I need. I got stuff I need to do. And uh, that was the morning of that <laughs> March 11th, March 12th. I was like, I'm good. I'll be okay. I I, I don't really think I need yeah. anything over there. <laughs> when they start. When they started talking about your, the time you got to self quarantine when you come back, uh, you know they're talking about people coming from like Europe. And self-quarantine but the same yeah. the same rules apply if you've been to across the border to detroit so i literally within yeah. 12 hours went from oh my gosh how can i not live and breathe and get over the border to yeah i'm okay I'll be i can yeah i'm I good i can still talk we're to good. Friends. <laughs> we can facetime good
0: they got, yeah, got they got stuff in canada, in canada. Well,
1: and canadia the the, the, the uh, toilet paper thing i heard about from detroit the shortages before i heard about it here and and if I could have, I was going to get some over here and bring it over the border. Again, that was all on that day, that uh, March 11th. Yeah. And then I yeah. realized, no, I can't. I can't cross the border because I'll be. It's like uh, 12 monkeys. The uh, the compression chamber yeah. that he had yeah. to come through every time he came back. That's pretty much what it's like right yeah. now. Uh, just traveling from Detroit wow. to to here, and I go to, I probably go to Third Man Records at least once a month, just to hang out. Like it's. Yeah. Jack White's vinyl sure. pressing plant is ten minutes from my house, but because there's a border in between, I probably won't be there anytime soon. But wow. those are those are the least of the concerns these days. Like that, that's yeah, not me complaining about it. It's like there's there's big there's things going on. Yeah, than me not being able to get to a record store.
0: Agreed. Fully agree. It's just a realization of what life is. You know how life has changed for at least temporarily. I hope we, I
1: hope we appreciate each so, other more than we did three weeks ago.
0: On the flip side, I agree. I think that at least for one news cycle, yes, I think we exactly. will.
1: Exactly. Hopefully, hopefully this extends the news <laughs> cycles a little bit. That'd be kind of nice too. Yeah. Oh my gosh. More than it? more than half a day.
0: Yeah. So the so the final thing is, um, we're not gonna, you, you're not gonna be a stranger. We're not gonna do this no. once every five years. We're gonna, we're gonna do this you. on the regs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's cut, let's cut, in cut half, that yeah. in half at least. Um, let's uh at least f- f- at the very most it'll be one quarantine um, period, so fourteen days. But no, um, so we're we've decided. Ryan and I decided we're gonna try to cause there's a lot more stories um, especially now that we're doing season two, which is pretty much all leader dogs and you have stories about how you've met mm-hmm. the other yeah. guys. And um, so we're going to have this little mini series called rye okay. rye bourbon. And uh, maybe you and I can connect, you know, on Sunday evenings and, and we'd in, and if, if the other guys can jump on cool and if not, um, but we'll also have you join our, you know, the, when we all chat, as, as often as well, you can. My, I,
1: I know my lawyers already and... trying to get in touch with you to negotiate this so you know okay it'll be, sounds uh, good be a, probably a standard 30-page agreement that will kind of lay out the terms and of course the red and m's and yeah the green room and all that kind of stuff
0: yeah your lawyer plays hard yeah, yeah, in the yeah, mornings too right
1: yeah
0: okay okay <laughs> Right on. Well, it's been a pleasure, as always,
1: Ryan, catching Absolutely. up with you. This, is, this has been a lot of fun. And uh, no, there won't be two and a half years. Uh, I'm sure we're going to talk uh, very soon. And uh, again, there's, there's such a rich history. Um, and such a like when we talk next, I'll, we'll talk about uh, how you and I met because there was there was the contract. Love and it. There was this this uh, entity out there called Lyndon Perry. Uh, But I didn't. I didn't know what that was. (laughs) It was kind of like Prince, the artist formerly known as Lyndon Perry, and uh, I knew of you and uh, hadn't met you until it was a very, uh, very cool uh, meeting that we had, Uh, and just that that you know that instant connection uh, that we were able to kind of turn into a working relationship, which was was great. Which again, no time passes. Doesn't matter how much time there is between our conversations. I feel like we just you know. Talked
0: yesterday oh i totally agree and i and i feel the same um, and i'm also basking in the in the delight knowing that somebody has compared me to prince for some reason it i don't matter. even care what the reason matter. is it doesn't matter <laughs> so uh, i'll take that but um and i'm glad we decided to re- record this instead of getting on the phone because we would have forgotten some of this you know for the for the recording and i just it's just cool to have it tracked this time we didn't have these tools back in 95 and we've got them now so to use them
1: i mean last time we talked i think i said some intelligent at the two hour mark so yeah like it was two hours yeah yeah if i remember right
0: yep (laughs) all right so you're on the line for 30 minutes next time (laughs) Okay, man. right on brother well um you have a fantastic Week and uh, I'll send you a link when this uh, little little guy gets published. Awesome,
1: looking forward. I'm glad. I'm glad we uh, right. we got to catch up.
0: Okay. Agreed. Bye. Have a